Um, well, um, so newsflash, next Sunday is Christmas, so you're right there. If you haven't done your Christmas shopping, men, um, you've got six more days to do it, so um, get on top of it. But uh, we are wrapping up our series, a Christmas series, and so what we've been doing is we've been paralleling um, Charles Dixon's story, A Christmas Carol, right? And so we spent the last three weeks looking at each of the ghosts that, that visited him and, and how that relates to our lives. And so I've had a lot of fun preaching it. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed it. If you've missed any of it, man, I encourage you to go back. That's where our podcast comes in handy. You can go Apple, Google, Spotify, you can go on YouTube and, and catch up and, and just to look at that because um, I, I believe there's some things there for everybody. But today we're going to continue that. We're going we're gonna to wrap that up as we close out the year and we're going to look at what I believe, what I feel is the greatest part of Scrooge's story and that's the next morning, right? Um, so the process was, uh, was cool, but the, but the product, what it produced in his life is significant. That's my favorite part of the story because that's the favorite part of my story, right? That, that's what Jesus came to do. There's, there's all these things that, that's just awesome. He came to, to set us free, to speak to us, right? Um, just to do a work in us. And, and sometimes that process is difficult more often than not, right? It's hard. But what's really cool is what it produces in our life. And so we're going to look at that tonight. We're going to look at what we're supposed to do with that. Tonight's message is titled, Let the Whole World Know. Because as Scrooge was impacted, the thing that he woke up and did the next morning was to go out and begin to talk to people, right? He was excited. He's in the community. Community. And the way that relates to our stories, that's what we're called to do as well. That as Jesus impacts us as we come into the Christmas season, we're supposed to begin to share, right? Let the whole world know. Scream it from the rooftops. I love that. You know, in the movies, you always see Scrooge just pop open his bedroom window and he, he shouts to the boys like, what day is it? And he's so excited. And he goes and just begins to share with people and to impact their life and to impact their story as well. And it's so beautiful. And it's exactly what we as believers are called to do. And so it wasn't the process, but it was the outcome. That, that's the great part of the story, right? I can tell you all day about the process I went through. But you know what speaks volumes to most people? The outcome, how I live my life. That's what draws people in. And the same is true for you, each one of you that have had a significant impact from God. The process is beautiful, but the outcome is what draws people in. It's what begins to, to let them know that God is real, that their lives can be impacted. And that's what we have to begin to share with everybody. We let the whole world world know. And when we look back at our key passage of Hebrews, that outcome is really highlighted there. And so we've been going through Hebrews 4, 12 through 16, kind of as a key passage through all of this. And we're going to go back to that for just one moment. It starts in verse 12. It says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. And so as we looked at this, we see that God's word reveals like the, the heart of who we are, what drives us. He goes on and says this, nothing, say nothing. Nothing in all of creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. He is the one to whom we are accountable. And so as we looked at each ghost, right, the ghosts of the past, the present, of yet to come, we talked about how all of these areas, all of these seasons of life, they're exposed to God. They're not secret. I, I can keep things from you all, right? I, I can have secrets. I can do that. I can't keep anything from God. And so we have to begin to examine our lives as that, as if... God knows everything because God does know everything. And we have two choices, right? Scrooge was faced with this, this reality that he was building his own punishment. And the same is true for us in a sense, except we, we can overcome that through Jesus who sets us free, who pays the penalty of it. And we see that in this next part of Hebrews. And it goes on, so then, 
So then, since everything is naked, since everything exposed, since the word of God reveals all and God knows all, so then, since we have a high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. See, our story begins to deviate. Scrooge had to be set free by works. We're set free by grace. And, and that's what's beautiful about the gift that Jesus has given us. And he goes on, it says, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses for he faced all the same things we did, yet he did not sin. And that's the beautiful picture of Jesus. To think about that, that God came down in a body and God faced temptation. God, God faced this, this human condition we have of weakness and he overcame it. And so not only does that God extend grace, mercy and forgiveness, he understands where we're coming from. And that's beautiful because I don't know about you, but sometimes I talk to people who are sympathetic, but I really love to talk to people who've been where I've been, right? To have that understanding. And that's the beautiful thing about God. That's him. That, that's who he is. He understands our same testings, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly, say boldly, boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. And so when you look at this, you get to come boldly to the throne of God, which we, we, we don't think about that, right? When I mess up, my, my first response is to, is to act in shame and, and to separate, to hide myself from God. We see that in the garden in the beginning, right? When Adam and Eve sinned, they, they hid in the bushes. But because of Jesus, because our story is different, because it's impacted, we get to come boldly to the throne of God and say, God, I've messed up. I'm a screw up. And he extends grace and mercy. What a, what a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing. And we will find grace to help us when we need it most. That right there, that's what we let the whole world know. As Scrooge burst open the window, we should burst open our window and go out to the world and say, you can come boldly before Jesus. And you can, you can come to him with your hurts, with your, with your mistakes, with, with your wounds, with your downfalls. You can come to him boldly as he extends grace and mercy on each of us. That's the beautiful thing. That's what we should share. And it's counter to what the world tells us, right? That, that we should be ashamed and guilty and in the shadows. And, and that's what I love about this ministry. People come boldly here to Jesus, right? We get to come together from all different walks of life and we get to be raw. We get to be real and we get to do it in front of everybody. That's why I love everybody here is so merciful and it's really a picture of who Jesus is and it's a picture of what we want to share, right? That's the heart and the vision here and that's what we should let the world know about what God does in our lives. And so tonight, Tonight, as we wrap this up, I wanna, I wanna share with you out of Luke. Luke chapter two, we're gonna be in verses one to 20. We're gonna be there exclusively. And we're gonna look at the Christmas story through the lens of, of the shepherds, right? And so as, as, as Jesus was being born, right, he was, he was taken to Bethlehem. And, and, and many of you know the story, some of you may not, but um, it wasn't where they were from. His family was from um, somewhere else, but they traveled because of the census and they end up in Bethlehem. And, and Jesus is, he's born in a manger, right? The, the son of God coming down to earth is born in the most humble way. He, he comes as a baby, that's a picture of innocence, right? A picture of weakness and, and he's presented in such a humble beginning and it's so beautiful. So Luke 2 verse 1, it says, at the time 
The Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, um, who was now expecting a child. So, so here they are. They, they travel this great distance um, to go for this census. And, and when they're there, it continues, says, and while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in snugly strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. So this is that picture of Jesus's birth. Not at all how you would expect God in a body to come right? The, the word. I mean, Jesus is described as the word. Everything was created f- through him before the beginning of time. And as he makes his entrance to, to begin to, to save us all, he's born in lodging for an animal. And so then it continues. And I love this in verse eight. It says that night, that night, what night? The night that Jesus was born, the night that the son of God came into this world. That night, there were shepherds staying in a field nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news. Say good news. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people, say all people, to all people. And so here we have God being born, God being presented, God coming to to free us from our sins. And the angel's message is that this is good news and it's for all people. And the people that the angels presented themselves to were not kings, not people in leadership, not the priests in the temple, but presented to those in the field guarding the flocks of sheep, that those were the first to get the news of the birth of the Messiah. Isn't that incredible? And, and, and we convinced ourselves now, today, that there's something exclusive. I know when I was in my unhealthy place, I, I convinced myself that somehow I didn't belong in a church, that somehow I didn't belong as being one of God's people, that, that I was unqualified, that, that I couldn't mingle, that I couldn't be here. And that, that's counter to what we see from the very beginning, that, that Jesus was presented to those who were working class, those who were ordinary, those were, who were like everybody else. And, and some theologians debate this, that, that even shepherds at the time were distrusted, that they were lowly, that they were somehow less than on the social class. Those were the ones who got the message. The ones that were down here, those that that needed saving, right? That realized that they needed something different. And, And that's what we need to come to realize that point number one is this, the good news is for all people. The good news is for all people. It's for everyone who would have sense enough to call in the name of Jesus and humble ourselves before him and say, I can't do this by myself. That that, that us, that's who Jesus came to save. You're not disqualified. You're not unredeemable. You're exactly who Jesus came for. And that's exactly what I want you to know tonight. You may be a businessman in here. You may be well off. You may have everything in order. Jesus came for you. You may be like me like I was not too long ago, broken and lost and so jacked up and so beside myself and so lost that I didn't know where to go. 
And I had to realize that the good news was for me too, that, that I didn't have to earn my way into a seat here in this auditorium, that I didn't have to earn my way into the presence of God, that, that he came with the sole intent and sole purpose of saving those like me and saving those like you, that, that Jesus came for the sick because they needed healing. Jesus came for the broken because they needed a doctor. Jesus came for you because you couldn't save yourself because we couldn't do it on our own. Each and every one of us has sinned we've fallen short and that good news is for each of us and so we have to come boldly right come boldly to the throne of Jesus knowing this he's not going to turn you away that's why we can come boldly because he, we're not going to get up there and say like not you you're too broken you're too lost no you get to come boldly because as long as you're willing to humble yourself you're accepted right arms wide open I'm glad you're home that's his response and we get to come boldly before him when we understand that he came boldly to us to redeem us, to set us free. Again, the good news is for all people. And when we look at the Christmas carol, you know, Scrooge's, Scrooge's story was exclusive, right? Three ghosts didn't visit everyone that night. They visited one man. The beauty of the gospel, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, was presented to each of us. There's nothing exclusive about it. It's for everyone, all people. The more broken, the better. The more, the more lost, the better. That, that, that's, that's exactly who he came for. And I don't know where you're at tonight. You, you may be dealing with so much shame and so much guilt. There may be things in your story that, that would just make my hair turn white. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because Jesus came for you. Jesus loves you. The, the good news, the, the Christmas season was about you so that you didn't have to remain lost, so you didn't have to remain far from God, so, so that you could be redeemed, so that you could receive that grace, that mercy, that forgiveness. It's for you. The drug addict, the businessman, it doesn't matter. The good news is for all people. Our opportunity, again, it's not exclusive. It's for everyone. As we continue, Luke 2, verse 11, it says, the Savior, this is the angel speaking, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord. I love that. Savior, Messiah, Lord, that, that this baby that was born, that we celebrate, that's our Savior, our Messiah, Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in snugly strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to whom God is pleased. When the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. That, that's beautiful, right? Here, here they receive this news, this message, the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord has been born. And here he is. And they say, let's go. Let's go see this. Let, let's go experience this. Let's go pursue this. I, I want in on this. That that's the type of, of drive we should have, right? When we, when we hear the good news, I mean, it's for all people, but it's significant. It's significant. It's beautiful. It's powerful. It's redeeming. Let's go see. Let's go see what's taking place. Let's go see what's happened. And point number two is this, our experience, it's meant to be shared. 
right? The things that Jesus does in our lives, the impact he makes on us, it's meant to be shared with those around us. You ever hear the phrase, I can't stand this. If you said it, I secretly don't like you. Um, that, that my faith is personal, it's for me. That, that's such a load of crap. It's counter to everything you hear in the gospel, right? That your faith is, is any, meant to be anything but personal, right? It's, it's a relationship, but, but it's, it's, it's open, right? It's for everybody. It's, it's to be shared. It's to be talked about. Our experience is meant to be shared. And you know what's beautiful about our stories? That part that deals with God's grace, it's for everyone. There's sometimes things happen in my life that they're just for me. And you kind of deal with this guilt. You don't want to share with people because you don't want them to get jealous, right? Anybody ever have something good happen? And you don't want to make people around you feel bad. That's the exact opposite of, of Jesus. They, there's this thing that took place in my life, right? I spent 18 years in addiction. I was a bad father. I was a bad husband. I was a bad person. I should probably be in prison right now. But you know the beautiful thing I like to share? It's not that. It's what Jesus did. You know why I like to share it? Because he can do the same thing for you. That, that should be shared. And so here the shepherds, they, they say, let's go see. The Lord, the Messiah, the Savior's been born. Let's go check that out. That's something to be talked about. There's nothing personal about it. And as we continue, it says they hurried. There was an urgency. Let's go check it out. Not an indifference. And I see so many of us, me included, we treat this with indifference. And, and I want this hurry, this hunger. I've got to get to the presence of God. I've got to see this thing that's happened. Tell me about it. Talk about it. Move in me, God. They hurried. They hurried to the village. They found Mary and Joseph. And there was a baby lying in a manger. After seeing them, I love this, the shepherds told everyone, say everyone, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them. The shepherds didn't just hear and see amazing things. They went out and told somebody. God's gifted you with something. If you've been touched by the Lord, if you're indwelled with his Holy Spirit, if, if you've been saved, that's significant. That's worth talking about. That's a beautiful thing. And it's something you should want to share with people, bursting open the windows and say, let me tell you what my God has done. Let me tell you how I used to be in depression. Let me tell you how I used to be stuck in a stronghold, how I couldn't love myself, how I couldn't love other people. And God changed it. He changed me. That's something that we should share with those around us. Instead, we're convinced that we have to operate in guilt and shame. How many of us have God move in a significant way and we don't want to share the dark stuff because there's this guilt and shame attached to it? No. I love sharing all the awful things I did because it makes God so beautiful. It lets you see who he is, right? And, and again, man, I get it. It's not easy. It's not easy. Some of the stuff I share, it's not easy. But it loses its hold on my life. God's glorified. Isn't that beautiful when God's raised up and, and we should share that. And I love it again. He's saying, he says, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel said to them. What the angel said to them. Right from the beginning, it's proclaimed to everyone. And we see that at Jesus's birth and we see it at the end of Jesus's life. When you look at Acts, 
Acts 1, 8, it says, but you will see power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The same message that was present at Jesus' birth as the shepherds told everyone, it's the same command he gave at the end of his life where he said, go everywhere to the ends of the earth and tell people about me because our experience, it's meant to be shared. Your experience is meant to be shared. Tell people where you came from. Do it with, with, with an urgency. Do it boldly without fear because we can come to the presence of God. I get it. We've all done things. We've all got skeletons in our closet. Let's stop pretending like some of us don't. And, and let's share what God has done. Let's shout it out. Let the whole world no, let the whole world know. In verse two, or chapter two, verse 18, it says, all who heard the shepherd's stories were astonished. Were astonished. What if they didn't tell anyone? If you don't tell them, how do they know? If they didn't share the news, how would they know? But the shepherds told everyone and everyone they told were astonished. And Mary, she kept these things in her heart and she thought about them often. As we continue, point number three is this. Our encounter with Jesus is meant to change things. It's meant to change things. You're not meant to stay the same. In verse 20, it says, The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. When we look at the beginning of our story, the shepherds were in the field and they were watching their flock. When the shepherds return, they're glorifying and praising God. They had an encounter with the Lord, with the Messiah. They, they, they had an encounter with God, right? He was, he was presented to them and it changed everything. They didn't return the same. Our, our experiences are meant to be shared, but they're meant, they're meant to change our outlook on life. They're meant to, to change the way that we pursue him. They're, they're meant to, to impact our stories, right? That, that it's meant to change everything. How, how awful would the gospel be if, if we heard it and everything remained the same? It's meant to impact you. It's meant to impact me. It's meant to, to cause us to have hard conversations, right? When we look at Hebrews, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires with the sole intent of us taking them to the foot of the cross and allowing him to deal with them. I know when I, when I first gave my life to Jesus, I was, I was about 16 years old. I was in military school and, and I was an awful drug addict. I, I, I did awful things and, and there was just, there was no remorse inside of me. I had no moral compass. I, I never once felt bad about anything I did. And then in, in, in a moment, I, I gave my life to Jesus. There was an impact. And I remember I didn't think much of it. And time went on and, and I graduated this program. And, and that very night, I went out and I got annihilated. And for the first time, I felt discontent. Something changed, right? And the only thing that changed was from that moment forward, God's spirit was inside of me. And, and I dealt with conviction. And I tried so hard to run from it. 
and, and to get away from it. And I spent the next 14 years trying to escape what God had for me. And the truth of the matter is, I needed to realize, you need to realize that if that's you, lean into it. That, that's godly sorrow. That's an opportunity for growth. That's an opportunity to change, to, to set things down. That, that's exactly what, what he intended to do. That, that if you come, that uncomfortableness, that's where we grow. I hope, I pray that when you show up here, you're wildly uncomfortable as you sit out there for a lot more reasons than you don't know what I might say. That, that, that it's meant to impact us. I know my wife is always uncomfortable when I'm talking with a microphone, but it's meant to change us. It's meant to grow us. It's meant to set us free, to transform us, all right? To, to give us a boldness that we get to share and declare with the world. Again, point number three, our encounter with Jesus is meant to change things. It's meant to change everything. It's meant to change everything. To recap tonight, point number one, the good news is for all people. And if you're in here tonight and there's any part of you that feels like you're not worthy, that, that you're not savable, redeemable, or whatever else you think, I want you to know that that's a lie. Nothing could be further from the truth. That, that where you're at and who you are, you're exactly who he came for. He's not surprised by the things you did. He's not surprised by the life you live. He, he came in a body. Think about that. Our, our Savior. When we look at Hebrews, this is our high priest who is in our heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weakness. Why? Because he was born flesh and blood. He, he grew in this world. The awkwardness of teenage years, early 20s, all of it. He walked through it. And that's why we can come before him. And the good news is for all of us. Number two, our experience is meant to be shared. You don't need a microphone to tell people what God's done for you. You don't, you don't need a platform. You just need one person who's willing to listen. And I guarantee you, as you get out there and you share your experience, your testimony, God uses that to set people free. And I get it. There's so many times. I remember the first time I shared my story, I thought for sure people wouldn't want me at this church anymore. Can you believe that nonsense that I convinced myself of that? But something continued to push me up to a platform, up to a stage, and I shared my story, and nothing could have been further from the truth. That, that's the beauty of the gospel. It's the beauty of the church where we come together, and we don't have to be perfect to be here. But God loves you. <laughs> We can come boldly, right? There's grace, there's mercy, there's forgiveness. Share our stories. Share our stories. Our experience is meant to be shared. And number three, our encounter with Jesus is meant to change things. God loves you exactly where you are. God loves you <laughs> for who you are. But you know what? He loves you far too much to leave you that way. That, that God's got something better for you. God's, God's, God wants to change your story. Our encounter with Jesus is meant to change things. It's meant to change you. Lean into the uncomfortableness. Lean into the awkwardness and just allow him to begin to grow you. All of this tonight, when we talk about it, it all starts with that relationship with Jesus. 
that when we talk about our stories being changed and, and, and us being impacted, that, that's through salvation, right? That's what Jesus came for. That was the whole purpose behind his birth. And so if you're in here tonight and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want to encourage you. Here in just a moment, we're going to have our chip prayers and huggers down front. And I want to encourage you to step out and allow them to pray with you and for you and lead you into salvation. And that's where we realize that, that we can't save ourselves, that we all mess up, that we all make mistakes, and that we all need Jesus. And it's by believing that he was the son of God, believing that he came to set us free, and by declaring that he's, he's Lord of all. And so if that's you tonight, again, I want to encourage you to, to make the, the greatest decision you can ever make, and that's to accept Jesus. Maybe you're in here tonight, and you're just, you're far from God. You, you, were, you had it at one point, but you've wandered You've strayed and you just don't know, can I ever get back there? Absolutely. You can do that tonight. If you're in here and you need to recommit, I want to encourage you. Same thing to here in just a moment to step out of your seat, to come down front and recommit your life to him tonight. And then maybe you're in here and, and God's just been dealing with you. He's just been dinging you and there's something, there's something in your life something personal, maybe something that you didn't think anybody knows about, but you can't stop thinking about it. And you realize you need to let it go, that you need to, to deal with it, that you need to pray about it. If that's you, I want to encourage you here in just a moment again to step out of your seat and to come grab one of our white chips. I'll be honest, that's just a piece of plastic. Nothing significant there, but there's something significant about when we act out of faith, when we pursue him, when we step out and we come before him and come before his altar and his presence. And when you do that, I believe that God honors that and he begins to move in our life. So if you're in here and needed to pick up a white chip, I encourage you to do that. And then lastly, maybe you just need prayer. Maybe you just need somebody just to join you in agreement to pray over your life, to pray over what you've been going through. We would love to do that. I want you to know this, we're for you. There is nothing in your life that would cause us to say you're not welcome here, that you're not loved, that you're not needed. You're family. That's what this is about. It's about coming together and pursuing God. Let's be open, let's be honest. Let us pray with you. And so again, for any of those things, to accept Jesus for the first time, to recommit, to pick up a chip, or just to receive prayer, we want to encourage you to step out of your seat and come down front. And if everybody would, if you would stand to your feet, do we close in worship?